Welcome to Tavern Tales Jr. and our third campaign, Mystical Middlemen. This is the Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast for kids and adults. In Tavern Tales Jr., we take a group of kids on a wondrous adventure in an entirely homebrewed setting. This podcast is created by and for kids. So let's see where our heroes will take us today. I'm wondering if you'd go wandering with me through the wilderness and woods where the winds are blowing free through the darkness of the night heading toward the morning light i wonder if you'd wander with me and i'll spread the word and you beat the drum we'll round up the troops and get the gang to come and we'll leave the streets and these neighborhoods through the woods. Hello and welcome to Tavern Tales Jr. This is a 5E Dungeons and Dragons podcast for kids and adults. It is called Mystical Middlemen. Hi, my name is Savannah and I play the role of Lilith Evermeadow, a tiefling warlock who is strangely tempted by voices of those who they cannot hear in desperate situations. And next to me is... Hi, my name is Will, and I play the role of Michael, and he's an Asimar paladin. And across from me is... Hi, I'm Robin, and today I'll be playing Cerulean Elias, a uh, satyr druid who is known for his love of wine... And his good taste in fruit, and he eats sophisticatedly, as someone who grew up on the road. And I am Kyle, and I am the creator of Mystical Middlemen. Oh, creator. The dungeon master and wrangler of tweens and teens. Because <laughs> gosh, gentle listener... They have gotten so very, very tall. None of them are taller than me yet, but they're getting pretty close. Sav's like 5'11", Dad. Sav Sav is is not taller than me yet. Sav is tall. As always, the map for Mystical Middlemen is taken from Brandon Mull's Legend of the Dragon Slayer, map of Salona, which is just giving us a basis upon which to build our beautiful story and everything therein. We are several sessions into this adventure, and the true plot, the overarching story, is now starting to come to light. So why don't you, Savannah, take us from our basement recording studio table into the realm of the imagination. As we close our eyes... And fall from our chairs and through the floor into our minds of all that is irrational and figments of our imagination. We begin to almost glide through the sky of our new world, seeing things that can't be imagined. And as we continue to glide, we begin to see the ruins of something that was once a beautiful keep, and we fall into our characters' bodies, and we open our eyes to be now in this new world. It's dark. 
You're in the keep ruins itself. You haven't left, although some of you have, and then returned. A goblin, smelly, stinking of stale sweat and some sort of pungent herb. You've not had a chance to figure out what it might be. Cowers next to the fire. Ayara Dunmarketh stands off to one side, surveying the group and unsure of what the next recourse will be. And as we ended the last session, the goblin had been captured, and a bag that the goblin was carrying was brought back to the confines of the campfire by none other than Lilith. Soaked to the bone, two of you are, Michael, after having flown the goblin, and Lilith having carried the bag back, when the goblin says, What do you do? Do we have anyone who can speak multiple languages, such as gobbly? I think you'd learned previously that no one here could speak gobbly, but you also know this goblin can actually speak common. Yeah, it's a little... All right, goblin, there's no point in trying to pretend that you can't communicate with us. Come on, talk in common, please. Oh, fell. Give me back my things. Uh, we can't do that. And also, why would we? Not until you minimally reveal what they do. Goo to you too. A little mockery never hurt. Stooping down to his level. <laughs> see, what do you even have in here anyways? I just trifle through it. Let's see. Yes, you open up the bag of things and there are some vestigial valuables that have been taken from that secret room. Things that the goblin had definitely packed away that were not connected to the rite or the ritual at all. Because the goblin was fleeing, he probably didn't have as much time to take some of the other things. But there are a couple of musty books that are in good shape. There are a couple of valuable vials that potentially hold some sort of magical liquid in them. And there are two black, thick candles that have never been lit that are in this satchel. And um, a really nice purple scarf made of silk. It has some sort of golden thread also woven into it. What else nice. is in the bag? Buller cap. A bowler hat? What does it look like? It's red with a white ribbon around the middle part of it. Okay. What color is it? Black. Okay. What else is in the bag? There's something that looks like it was made of glass, but has a couple cracks in it, probably from being dropped. And there is a gold bangle. Interesting. What's on this gold bangle? Little rubies that are hung from the bangle. It's like a little bracelet. I have put those items that are in the bag into the Discord chat. But nothing in the bag as you go through it seems to indicate anything until your hands touch upon a piece of vellum. Vellum is like an animal skin sort of paper. So it's very strong, sturdy, and holds the test of time. Your hand touches it, and you pull out a rolled piece of vellum. And as you unfurl this piece of vellum from a, a leather thong that has tied it together, a map 
unfolds in front of you with certain things highlighted. It is a map of Salona, the land you are in. And some of the things that are highlighted are strange and interesting. Because one of them that is circled and a star is placed next to it is none other than the West Keep itself, which is where you are right now. Now, Goblin, what does this mean? What does what mean? This map. I don't map. I don't know. I know this part. Please stop playing dumb. I'm not dumb. I said playing dumb. You're clearly more intelligent than you're pretending to be. And he rolls his eyes and looks away from you. Despite the fact that he is still yet groveling on the ground, his voice does definitely seem to have a degree of insouciance and distemperment, that he's not really being subservient. His body is cringing and mewling and bowing before you, but his voice definitely does not seem Can to I be intimidate? one that is cowed. Can I do an intimidation check? Yes, you may. Can I do a deception check? For what? You gotta figure out a lie first. How did we Actually, do? can I also do an intimidation check? So who has the better intimidation check? Is I, it Michael or is it... I have a plus Cerule? three. I have a plus seven. Okay. Holy moly. Why don't Michael roll with advantage with help from, yeah. from Cerulean? Cerulean? So roll roll with advantage. Can I turn into a bear to help intimidate? Yeah, I mean, you could, but I don't... Your, your intimidation helpfulness was already like being threatening. If you want to growl like a bear, that would be a great... I will. Way to... Yeah, sure. All right, roll your, roll your advantage, Will. 24. <laughs> 24. All right, so the goblin pees a little. Oh, don't kill me. Don't kill me, please. Don't roast me and eat me. I know that you do. Satyrs and tieflings. Wing people, don't eat me. I'm not, I'm skin and bone, very grisly and not good. No cracking the bones. Don't eat me. What's his name? Salomon. Salomon. Don't eat Salomon, Salomon, please. Well, then you're going to need to tell us the things we ask you. Okay, okay. I work for the master. I set the rituals. Who is the master? He is my master. What is his name? Jim. Like, <laughs> he does, obviously, he doesn't know the name. Oh. So he doesn't give you the name of the master. He wouldn't call him the master. He, he said he has a great, great calling to raise her, my beloved Maglubiat. Which, a bunch of stuff's already been said here. So why don't you guys make a religion check? Well, I should be good at this. Yes, you should. Oh, paladin. Uh, that's kind of your job. Oh, paladin, my paladin, but you might not be. Your paladin? Why do I only have a plus one? <laughs> I have a better religion check than you. Well, he's not... No, not check. ...wisdom related, yeah. right? Like, And he didn't take religion as a, a proficient skill. Yeah. So we're pretty much rolling on just n natural luck here. How did we do, Will? Eight. 23. 18. All right. The 18 and the 23, even the eight, the eight, you know, the name is that some sort of God 
18 and the 23, that is the dark god of the goblin folk, Maglubiet, who has been imprisoned in this world, and therefore the goblins have no god, uh, because Maglubiet tried to break into this world and make the goblin peoples the ruling party, the ruling tribe. At least this is the story that's told, whether it's true or not, or the truth that's inherent to it. I mean, it was definitely written by the human folk and the folks that won. So Maglubiet is trapped or imprisoned, and Salomon, Salaman, your goblin hostage, believes that the master is seeking to release Maglubiet. Mm. That lines up with what the guy said actually was that he was looking to do something for her. Because when I was fighting the guy, he was saying that. So, Did your master go back to the past? Yes, I set rituals in the place that allows the master to go back in time to gather the energies needed. Needed for what? To bring forth Maglubiet and all her beautiful demolinigornigori. Whatever he had just said was in gobbly and unintelligible, but it definitely seemed like he writhed with delight at the Ugh. mere thought that his god may be returned and commune with him. What if this is not true? You're me, the masters. I've seen the plan and I've been helping. Where is he going next? Don't, don't kill me. I will try to end you, but I work with the master and my it means so much to me. Well, you'll never get to see her if you don't help us. No, no, don't, don't do that. You're gonna die and oh. never see her. Oh no, I have, I have, I have five more trips to take to set the ritual and light the candles. They are on the map. Mm. So players, in our Discord, I will place the map. And that map has things highlighted upon it. Things like the West Keep, the Old Salt Mine, the Forgotten Mine, Sturbridge, Gorgon's Hut, and Quiet Lake. Where were you supposed to go next? Oh, we don't have to tell you this, but you have to. You should crack the bones and suck the marrow. And the goblin, in betwixt snot-filled sobs, tells you that he has... Three months' time, just in time for the equinox, to get to the Forgotten Mine, way far to the north, right along Journeyman's Pass. And as he says, You I must get to the Forgotten Mine. I must travel the Journeyman's Path and find the secret, sacred place. Now, you will take the candles, and you will kill Salomon Salomon, and I will never get to feel the warm embrace of Maglubiet. Well, guys, do we kill him? <laughs> no, you kill me! <laughs> or is he hostage now? What can you offer us to 
potentially save your life. Everything. That wasn't very helpful. <laughs> what should we do, Lilith? I mean, the guy's terrified. Something tells me if we let him go, he's not really going to continue on with his plans. Yeah. It's just the obvious course of action, but we need to get Aara to the... Oh, fair Cerulean, do not worry about me. I will gladly accompany you on this potent and powerful quest. I fear that whatever transpired here is also what killed most of my men and my troops Hmm. on the ford that night. I am just as eager to see this through as you. You were saying when the man in black, this one's master, when you confronted him, that he had met you before. Yes. And he knew he you continued, by name. He knew us by name. He knew who we were. He said that he was winning and that if he had completed this, then he would win and that he would not lose to us again. And I made a funny remark about him challenging amateurs and it being truthfully pointless victory. But you've never met him before. No. None of us have. How is that possible? That's what I'm pondering. Something tells me what he said has to do with all this time travel stuff that the goblin is doing. Yes. Almost like they've all done this before. Like we've done this before, but we don't know it. Weird. It's very odd. I don't... I assume we're not going to just... We're not going to kill him, but we're going to just, like, throw him out into the world and uh, stop this. He mentioned the black candles. Maybe that's what he needs to do the rituals if... We're obviously taking the bag. (laughs) Well, yes, we're not giving him his bag back. It seems to me that maybe if this master has met you all before, but you're only meeting them for the first time, and this goblin is here now with you, that whatever the goblin is about to do is about to go back in time in those other places. Is the master in our time? Or is the master in some other time? We didn't think about that because we got brought back to the present and so did the goblin. But did he? Did his master? I don't think so. Mm. I turn and glare at the goblin. (laughs) Goblin? Do you know whether your master is of this time or is of the past? What? I don't understand. We got put in the past. Yes, we go to the past, the time of great trauma, and take the energy of the trauma for the master. Is the master alive now in our peaceful day and age? More peaceful. I don't know. It makes sense that he wouldn't know we've been with him the whole time. I just wanted to ask. I know, yeah. The, his master's probably back with us. It would just make sense logically if we were all here now that he'd probably be back, but we can't be sure. Because there was the great flash of light and then there was the rain. I don't remember anything in between that. When I was up on the tower, all I saw was the goblin. Yeah. So if his master is here, then he got away. He is long gone. Or he is not here. If the mine is the next location, then what's to say the master would just go to there immediately? Should we go to the mine then? I think we should follow the path and stop it as we go. Yes, I am with you. Well, first, I need a nap. And second, Lilith does not really want to travel north because Lilith's dark secret, the stage is set upon journeyman's pass 
where we set the tale of Lilith's dark secret. So while the group begins to bed down for the night, the remains of the night, in the hopes of getting up the next day, the goblin has been tied up. You haven't made a decision as to what's going to happen with them. Lilith, distracted in twofold way. One, the lantern staff. Two, journeyman's pass. Has Lilith staying up just for a few more moments, because Lilith will take the first watch, and you decide to slumber away into the mid-hours of the next morn and maybe get underway in the afternoon daylight, given how active and busy this night of nights has been. I will send Robin and Will away for a few minutes and find out what Lilith is thinking about. So it is time now to discuss the dark secrets of the party. Lilith is first. We know Journeyman's Pass is where it happened, but what was this dark and terrible thing that your character was involved in? It has to do with my character's contract. Did you sign this contract to save another person's life? Did you sign this contract to end another person's life? Were you doing something underhanded, dark, fearful, or protective of a loved one that caused you to sign this contract to take on otherworldly Warlockian powers? It was to end another person's life. Was it dark? And stormy night down Journeyman's Pass. Were you fleeing from somewhere? Were you excitedly going to somewhere? Lilith was fleeing from somewhere. Fleeing from your country. Were they hot on pursuit of you? Or did they not even know you'd left? They hadn't known Lilith le- left yet. Had you stolen something of priceless value? Or had something happened and you needed to leave? Something had happened. What was it that happened? There was a big accident. So it wasn't your fault, but you knew everyone was going to blame you? It was partially Lilith's fault. Oh no, this poor boy had died, leaving behind a completely broken down family. And you were partly to blame for the death of this boy. You fled. You were fleeing with someone... Yes. A close, dear, personal friend? Or someone more? Someone more. Oh, what more were they to you? Were they your lover? Were they your boyfriend, girlfriend? Were they a mentor, a teacher, a guide? They were a partner, yeah. What does that mean? They were like a lover, a partner. Oh, okay. They were your lover. What was their name? Jashin. No, wait. Jashin. Were they also a tiefling? Or were they some other race? They were a tiefling as well. (gasps) Jashin, honorable, dependable, loyal, good. What are are the adjectives to describe Jashin? They were very dependable. If you were close, you could depend on them for anything. They were more neutral. They were willing to go on either side of things. Like they weren't necessarily good or bad. It's always better to just make a choice. Yeah, Yeah, they were good. (laughs) Good, caring, honorable, dependable Jashin. You're childhood friend whom you and they had fallen in love yeah both of you fleeing from your homeland upon the death of this boy this prince which you knew would fall upon jashin's 
shoulders much more thoroughly than your own, even though you did have some say in what occurred. It was not Jashin's fault. Took great convincing to tell Jashin to flee and come away with you. You're heading down Journeyman's Pass. What happened? It was very dark. We They had left at, at night, to, and uh, it was beginning to rain, and the storm started getting very bad. And they were running down the path when there was a giant bolt of lightning that... <coughs> and a tree fell and happened to fall on Jashin. Winds are whipping up. There's no rain yet, but you can smell it on the breeze. The night is cold and dark. The stars are covered by this vast, vast thickness of clouds. Lightning illuminates everything around you, cracking and cutting an old broken tree in half. And as the giant trunk of it falls, hits the side of the hill, and descends down upon Journeyman's Pass itself, you see in a heartbeat Jashin's form crushed by the log. It hasn't happened yet. Time stops. The crack of lightning is still in the sky. Everything is still bright. A devilish figure steps out from the shadows of a rock and looks at you, and it is none other than Asmodeus, the great lord of the central ring of hell itself, smiles benevolently at you. And he says in the most mellifluous, beautiful, melodic, lawyer-like voice possible, Lilith Evermeadow, what a wonderful opportunity to make your acquaintance. Uh, What's going on? What? I've stopped time so that we may have a moment to chat. We haven't met you and I. My name is Asmodeus, and he gives a florid, beautiful bow. Perhaps you've heard my name in passing? Many times before, yes. Now, you and I, not so closely related. You're a descendant of... Zaril? Zaril, fallen angel and all that. So less a tiefling than, say, one of my kin. But what's about to befall you here? We could stop it, you and I. And what happened back there? We could wipe that away, you and I. How? You see, I'm a firm believer in the law and how things proceed and how rights and wrongs matter little when it comes to following the dictate of the law. And suddenly, like a desk appears in this journeyman's pass and a couple of chairs appear and their desk is piled with papers and books and inkwells and quills and blotting parchment and cotton swabs and all the other things that you would get from working at a lawyer's desk in antiquated times. He gestures to a seat and he sits himself down in a plump leather desk chair and he says, You seem like one who likes the letter of the law, as it were, and believes that potentially right and wrong all depends on which side the law you find yourself upon. You could say that, yeah? Well, I have. And I would like to know if you'd like this sticky situation resolved. More than anything. Power 
could be yours. The ability to write the law itself could be yours. Tidying up the death of a slight, small, little prince is but easy action on my part. If you are at all interested in signing into a contract with me. Now, some may say I'm a bit of a devil. Some may say there's always an ulterior motive. And I'll be fair to you, young great-grandchild of Zeriel. Having someone of her kin on my staff is a nice little feather in my cap. But more than anything, I see in you the potential to be a great figure of law in this mortal plane. What say you? And all I would have to do is sign your contract. Sign my contract. Act in accordance with my wishes in regards to the contract. And all of your plight will be washed away like rain. In night brings forth a clean, fresh day. Okay, I'll sign it. How thoroughly do you read the contract? Decently thoroughly, like skimming a little bit, but for the most part, reading through it. Sure. All right. Give me an intelligence check. Oh, 12. That's enough for you to catch one of two things that are important. Would you like to know what will be fixed or what will be expected of you? What will be expected? The expectation of Asmodeus, your dark secret, because you knowingly signed into it, is you will seek to topple regimes and laws that only serve good. But you will bring about law for law's sake and work under Asmodeus's occasional direction to influence leaders and royalty to implement laws that have no immediate good connection to them. It can't be for the good of the people. It has to be for the good of the economy. It has to be for the building up of an establishment. But it cannot just be for the common good. Nothing good should ever come of law. Law simply seeks to dictate what is right and what is wrong, but not what is good. And you knowingly signed into the contract. And once the last W of Lilith Evermeadow is scratched in what color ink? A blood red. A blood red ink upon the parchment. A phenomenal amount of eldritch might and potency fill and burn your veins. The lightning finishes its crack. The thunder echoes in its rolling toll as Modius. The table, the two chairs, are gone, and laying before you, crushed by the log, is none other than your love, the tiefling Jashin. No, 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 Jashin, Jashin, please, no, he said he would fix everything, I don't understand. (sighs) At least you're free now. You can just mm, say it was all me. (sighs) No, no, please, no. And that's what you're thinking about, as you hold... The lantern staff in your hand, made of the same wood of the pen that you signed away your immortal soul to Asmodeus for. You're wondering if I go wandering with you. What kind of trouble we'll get ourselves into? Would it be wrong to tag along? 
with a band of vagabonds You wonder if I'd wander with you So I'll spread the word and you beat the drum We'll round up the troops and get the gang to come And we'll leave the streets and these neighborhoods Head over the river This concludes this episode of Tavern Tales Jr. We'll be back in two weeks with more of the adventure. Our intro and outro music is Through the Woods by Okie Dokie Brothers. Find their music on iTunes or check them out at okidoki.org or follow them on Twitter at Okie Bros. We'd love a review on iTunes or check us out on Twitter at Tavern underscore Tales. I'm wondering if you Come wandering my way If you ever get lost Or if the trail leads you astray The music of the pack Can always bring you back I wonder, can we wander away And I'll spread the word